So let's acknowledge that it's all a big fat lie. It's a multi-billion dollar cover-up. Big Alcohol is fighting hard to keep cancer warnings off its labels and we don't need a marketing degree to figure out why. They don't want drinking to become the new smoking. We've all been brainwashed since our teenage years to see alcohol as a positive and necessary thing in our life. It's time to reprogram our subconscious mind and take pleasure in seeing right through the bullshit of marketing and product placement in the movies and TV programs. Next time you watch a movie, have fun seeing how many minutes pass before the star of the show, The Booze, makes an appearance. Welcome to the tribe. This is your weekly podcast from Tribe Sober. Whether you're already sober, striving to be sober, or just plain sober curious, you need a tribe. You need a tribe because it's so hard to do this alone. You need a tribe because you need support. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've got your back. Here at Tribe Sober, we have people at all stages of the journey, all helping each other to stay on track. On this podcast, we've got recovery stories to inspire you, experts to inform you, and plenty of advice on how to ditch the drink and change your life. So here's your host, tribe leader, Janet Gorond. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tribe Sober Podcast, episode 163. My name is Janet Gorond. I'm the founder of Tribe Sober, and I'm your host for this podcast. Here at Tribe Sober, we help people to change their relationship with alcohol and then to go on and actually thrive in their alcohol-free lives. And over the last seven years, we've helped thousands of people to do just that. And we created Tribe Sober because we know from experience that it's really hard to change your drinking habits alone. So at Tribe Sober, we're all about community. And each week we feature a community voice just to give you a flavour of the awesomeness of our tribe. I never thought I'd be someone who would get so much um, value from being in an online support group. I kind of think I'm the wrong generation. It's not going to work for me. But I made a conscious decision to um, post twice a day and comment in the early days to comment on other people's posts and you read stuff from people you think this woman has seen into my soul this person absolutely understands what I've gone through and that's been a huge revelation to me so if you'd like to join our warm and welcoming community just go to tribesober.com and hit join our tribe and if you'd like to join our five-day free sobriety boot camp, which runs from June the 5th to the 9th, just go to our website or request to join the Facebook group called Sobriety Boot Camp. In a couple of days' time, it's my eighth soberversary, so I wanted to do a solo episode for you. It had to be eight something. So I decided to focus on mistakes, mistakes that many of us make on our journey to alcohol-free living. I've personally made all of these mistakes and they either prevented me from getting started or they derailed me in the early days. Apart from highlighting the mistakes, I've pulled out a tip from each one and I do hope it's helpful. So let's get started. Mistake number one, waiting for rock bottom. 
I knew I had a drinking problem for years and I used to make all sorts of bargains with myself. My goal was to just keep my drinking under control because then I would never have to give up completely, which after all was the worst thing that I could imagine. A life without alcohol, how would that even work? So every time I woke up with yet another crushing hangover or I'd had a blackout the day before, I would pull the plug and stop drinking completely for a few weeks. I could just about get through this by gritting my teeth and relying on willpower, but I'd be counting the days and probably the hours until I could drink again. Now hindsight is a wonderful thing, and if only I'd known back then what I know now, I could have saved myself a lot of heartache. Here are three things that I wish I'd known eight years ago. Hopping on and off the wagon is exhausting and depressing. All you're doing is the hardest bit again and again. You feel like a failure and your subconscious is busy registering that alcohol-free life is miserable and it's to be avoided at all costs. The second thing I wish I'd known is that stopping and starting means that you never clock up more than a few weeks of sobriety and that means you'll never experience many benefits of sobriety. Yes, your hangovers will stop and your skin will look better, but if you want your anxiety to lift, your sleep to improve and your energy to surge, you need to keep going for at least a few months. And the third thing I wish someone had told me back then is that it's actually much easier to quit completely. That was such a big revelation for me. I'd spent so much time in that tense and miserable place of trying to control my drinking that I was convinced that my suffering would just get exponentially worse if I ditched the stuff completely. Little did I know that trying to control an addictive drug is much harder than trying to live without it. So here's tip number one from that first mistake, don't wait for rock bottom. Tip number one, do it now. If you're listening to this, then the chances are that you're either already alcohol-free, yay, well done you, or you're contemplating making a change. And if you're in that contemplation phase, then you should know that the average time that people spend in that place is an incredible 11 years. Alcohol dependence is like an elevator and it's only going down. The longer you leave it, the worse it will get. So do it now. Mistake number two, moderation. I personally spent a decade stuck in what I call the moderation trap. Once I'd learned that the low risk limits of alcohol are just one and a half bottles of wine a week, I decided that I would try to drink within those limits. And it was only when I tried to do that that I realised just how dependent I'd become. By Tuesday, I'd usually drunk my quota for the week and I was wondering how I could possibly get through the rest of the week without a drink. Well, obviously that wasn't going to happen, so I'd postpone the moderation attempt until the following week. A bit like being on a diet that restarted every Monday. And every time I tried and failed to moderate, my self-esteem took another knock. What's wrong with me? Why can't I just drink like normal people? Now, Moderation Mary, as we call her in Tribe Sober, is not just content with diverting you from the glaring fact that you're dependent on alcohol and you need to ditch the stuff. 
she'll also reappear when you've clocked up a few months of sobriety. She'll have a different strategy this time. She'll make use of the FAB syndrome. FAB stands for fading effect bias, and it's when our memories of negative experience start to fade. That's when Moderation Mary starts saying things like, Oh, you've had a nice break now, so you'll be able to have the odd glass of wine now and again. Or she might say, Oh, you weren't that bad, you know. No reason for you to stop completely. That's just our brains tricking us. If we do have just one, our brain lights up and the cravings will gradually return until you're right back to day one again. And sometimes the FAB syndrome coincides with some of your ex-drinking buddies piling on the pressure by saying things like, "Ugh, oh, you're not still on that not drinking thing, are you? So that can be a double whammy. So look out for FAB and a renewed round of peer pressure. So tip number two, forget moderation. People who can moderate, just moderate. They certainly wouldn't be listening to this podcast. They might have a glass of champagne at a wedding or a glass of red wine with a special meal, but alcohol is not really on their radar. I'm guessing that's probably not you. So redirect that energy you put into controlling an addictive drug into building an alcohol-free life that you love. So mistake number three, fearing failure. Many people never get started on this life-changing journey because they fear failure. They just cannot imagine quitting alcohol, never having a drink again. They worry about telling their friends that they're going to quit and then caving and everybody laughing at them. The mistake they're making is to use the F word, the forever word. Of course, it's overwhelming to imagine never having another drink at first, especially if we're expecting sobriety to be a dark and miserable place to live. The secret of success is to do it in stages. And that's why we offer various challenges here at Tribe Sober. We've got trackers to help people log their alcohol-free time. We've even got a five-day tracker that is split into hours. We've got a 30-day tracker, a 66-day tracker and an annual tracker. People love our trackers because they give an overview. This journey is about progress, not perfection. And very few people get it right 100% from day one. Some people have many day ones, but the important thing is to keep trying. Log your alcohol-free days, and if you have a slip-up, then log it on your tracker and get straight back on that sober bus. You'll see your sober stretches get longer and longer as you ease yourself into an alcohol-free life. Make every slip-up a data point for reflection and learning. A great analogy for this is the baby learning to walk. It takes them about a year, but they keep getting up and keep falling down and keep getting up again until they can walk. Just make that baby your role model. So tip number three, progress, not perfection, should be your strategy. Drop me a mail, janet at tribesober.com and ask for one of our trackers and get logging those alcohol-free days. And if you have a slip up, learn from it and get right back on track. Remember, there's no such thing as failure only feedback. 
You've only failed if you stop trying. Mistake number four, worrying about other people. This is where the fear of failure comes in as well. People worrying what other people will say if they fail. Peer pressure is powerful. Many people stay trapped in their drinking because they can't bear to peel away from the herd and be different. We don't want to be the centre of attention. And ironically, when we quit, people start asking us if we had a problem. As human beings, we're tribal. And when we ditch the booze, we need to join a new tribe for a while. A tribe of other people building an alcohol-free lifestyle. So check out tribesober.com and hit join our tribe for more info. Stick with your sober tribe for the first couple of months. Learn everything you can and try to cut down on those social events. Make it easy for yourself and build up some sober muscle. And then when you do feel ready to mix with the drinkers, you do you. Look happy and confident. Fake it until you make it if you have to. They'll actually be intrigued and some of them may become sober curious themselves. And just remember that anyone giving you a hard time is very likely to have their own issues with alcohol. Be ready with your reasons why you're not drinking. Because alcohol is the only drug we have to justify not taking. Crazy but true. And remember it's not your responsibility to make other people feel comfortable about their drinking. Just say you're taking a break from the booze because you've not been sleeping well. Then next time you see them, you can say, Since I quit drinking, I sleep like a baby and I want to keep it that way. It will probably be true by then. You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. So tip number four. In our alcohol-drenched society, it can be hard to be the odd one out, especially if you're an introvert, as many of us problem drinkers tend to be. So for the first few months, at least, join a new tribe. Get some moral support. Connect with a sober community of people just like you. You'll be blown away by the warmth, the vulnerability and the support that you find. Read some Quitlet and listen to recovery stories on podcasts as well. You need to do the mind shift from, oh poor me, I can't drink, to I'm excited to join a new community and begin this life-changing journey. So mistake number five, being influenced by marketing, movies, etc. Of course, much of this is subliminal. But we need to realise that we've been manipulated for decades. The wine industry has been cynically exploiting us ladies for at least 20 years. Just one example of that is the proliferation of wine bars in the UK. This was a way to deal with the EU wine lake, which came from the overproduction of wine in the European Union. Wine bars sprang up all over the UK. They were cosy and sophisticated, a place for women to drink with their friends. No need to go to grubby pubs anymore. So let's acknowledge that it's all a big fat lie. It's a multi-billion dollar cover-up. Big alcohol is fighting hard to keep cancer warnings off its labels and we don't need a marketing degree to figure out why. They don't want drinking to become the new smoking.
We've all been brainwashed since our teenage years to see alcohol as a positive and necessary thing in our life. It's time to reprogram our subconscious mind and take pleasure in seeing right through the bullshit of marketing and product placement in the movies and TV programs. Next time you watch a movie, have fun seeing how many minutes pass before the star of the show, The Booze, makes an appearance. So tip number five. Reflect on the limiting beliefs that you hold about alcohol. Examples would be, I need alcohol to have fun, to socialise, to relax, to de-stress, to reward myself for a difficult day, to celebrate a good day. The list goes on. Work on overturning those limiting beliefs in your subconscious and start seeing alcohol for what it really is. A poison that's linked to seven cancers and 60 plus diseases. Read Annie Grace's book, This Naked Mind, for more on this or come to one of our workshops. Mistake number six. Waiting for happiness to strike. If you've been relying on alcohol to make you feel good for years or even decades, then you may well be hit by the blues in early sobriety. When you first decide to get sober, your brain registers that you have a project, so there's a sense of purpose which keeps you going. After a few months, that feeling of excitement and purpose can wear off and you may be feeling a little bit flat. It's important not to expect to be happy all the time just because you're sober. Life will continue with its ups and its downs, but when we're sober, we're better able to cope with those curveballs that life will inevitably throw at us. And as we learn to cope, we'll be strengthening our emotional sobriety. We'll be better able to cope with the next challenge. And we also need to remember that our brains are not wired to make us happy all the time. Our brains are wired to motivate us to take a step towards a goal and feel happy when we achieve it. Of course, that good feeling will pass, so we'll need to take another step to keep it going. Just as our ancestors had to go hunting to trigger their dopamine receptors, we need something to aim for, a goal. Because although it's been thousands of years since we lived in caves, our brain has not changed. It's still wired exactly the same. After a few months of sobriety, your brain will think that you've nailed this sobriety project now. Even though you probably haven't and you probably need more time. So if you can find a new interest or hobby that can keep those happy brain chemicals triggered, your brain has a purpose again. So here's tip number six. Be aware that your brain is still recalibrating and healing as your natural dopamine receptors crank up again. They've got lazy as the wine's been doing their job for so many years. So when you quit drinking, you can't just leave everything the same. You need to reconfigure your life and your routine and get some new interests. Because recovery is about so much more than not drinking. That's just the beginning. And after guiding hundreds of our members through this journey, we've noticed that it takes about six months to change the habit and then another six months to do the work and learn how to thrive in sobriety. So here's mistake number seven being depressed about quitting. 
I'll always remember a lady that arrived at one of our workshops and was literally crying. She said her doctor had said she must stop drinking due to a serious health issue and she felt that her life was over. I also had to quit for health reasons and was expecting sobriety to be a dark and miserable place. I hadn't found a community during my early months of sobriety, so I had no one further down the track to inspire me and tell me that I was heading for a beautiful destination. I did go to a few AA meetings, but the vibe seemed to be rather downbeat, even among the long-term sober people there. How wrong I was. For me, and for many other people in our community, sobriety has been a catalyst for changing our lives. People who flourish the most in their alcohol-free lives are the ones who take up new interests, make new friends, and try out new hobbies. Sobriety enables us to reconnect with ourselves and figure out what we really want out of our lives. It's a journey of self-discovery. And don't underestimate the benefits Sobriety really is a gift that keeps on giving. My podcast interview with Dr. Dawn, who works in rehabs, revealed the rule of thumb that recovery takes one month for every year that we drank. So my recovery took three and a half years and the benefits were still coming in during year three. So tip number seven. Get excited about this life-changing opportunity You're going to look better, feel better, sleep better and be full of energy. Just take a look at some of the testimonials on our website if you're not convinced. Realise that you'll be gaining so much more than you're going to lose. Realise that addiction is a gift. It could be the key to unlocking the life of your dreams. As Laura McCowan says in her book title, we are the luckiest. Only people that have become dependent are pushed right to the wall and forced to question who they really are and what they want out of their lives. So quitting is an opportunity, not a problem. Get excited. Mistake number eight, trying to do it alone. I mentioned earlier that the average time of contemplation was 11 years. 11 years before people reach out for help to quit drinking. That statistic would indicate that there's millions of people trying to do this difficult thing alone. We tend to think there's something wrong with us because we can't be happy with just one glass of wine like some of our friends. We try and we fail over and over. But the joy of connecting with others on this journey is that we realise that we're not alone. Alcohol is an addictive drug and 20% of social drinkers will become dependent over the years. And there's such a power and relief in sharing our stories with others in the community. Always remember that connection is the opposite of addiction. Our community will inspire us and hold us accountable. The power of example is strong. We'll see people hit their sobriety milestones and go on to experience the benefits of sobriety. We'll start thinking... If other people like us can do this, then so can we. We'll even see people having slip-ups now and again, and we'll see the power of the group getting them back on track the very next day. That takes away our fear of failure as we realise that even if we don't reach 100% perfection, we just keep on trying until we do. 
So tip number eight, find your people. When I got sober eight years ago, AA was pretty much the only gig in town. And AA is not for everybody. These days, there are so many alternative paths to sobriety. There's a modern recovery movement as more and more people wake up and decide to fight back against big alcohol. We're the trailblazers and we've decided to no longer poison our bodies and brains just to contribute to the outrageous profits of the liquor industry. And it takes courage and confidence to do this, but we've got plenty of that and we've decided to become rebels rather than sheep. There are sober communities springing up on Instagram and TikTok as the younger generation decides it's cool to turn your back on alcohol. So go online and explore. Find your people. We'd love you to join Tribe Sober, which you can do by going to tribesober.com and hitting join our tribe. You can pay your subs monthly and try us out for a while. It's easy to cancel if you decide that we were not your people after all. And you can also join our free five-day sobriety boot camp, which will give you a flavour of the support we offer. It takes place from the 5th to the 9th of June. Information on our website or just request to join the Sobriety Bootcamp Facebook group. So now let me summarise by whizzing through your eight top tips. Tip number one, do it now. Don't be like the average person and waste 11 years. Reach out to tribesober.com today. Tip number two, forget moderation. If you could moderate, you would have cracked it by now. So don't waste any more time. Start your life-changing journey today. Tip number three, don't worry about failing. Progress, not perfection, should be your strategy. Drop me an email, janet at tribesober.com and ask for one of our trackers and get logging those alcohol-free days. Tip number four. In our alcohol-drenched society, it can be hard to be the odd one out. Join a new tribe for a few months, a sober community of people just like you. You'll be blown away by the warmth, vulnerability and support that you'll find. Tip number five. Work on thinking about your drinking and start seeing it for what it really is. A poison which is linked to seven cancers and more than 60 diseases. Read Annie Grace's book, This Naked Mind, for more on this or come to one of our workshops. Tip number six, don't wait for happiness to strike. Whether you're about to quit or a few months sober, get a new interest or hobby and keep those happy brain chemicals triggered. Tip number seven. Get excited about this life-changing opportunity. You're going to look better, feel better, sleep better and be full of energy. Quitting is an opportunity, not a problem. We really are the luckiest. Tip number eight, find your people. Make use of the modern recovery movement, which offers many different paths to sobriety. More and more people are waking up and deciding to fight back against big alcohol. So join the revolution. Go online and explore. Find your people. We'd love you to join Tribe Sober, which you can do by going to tribesober.com and hitting join our tribe. 
or join our free five-day sobriety boot camp, which will give you a flavour of all the support we offer. That takes place from the 5th to the 9th of June. You can find the info on Tribe Sober website or just request to join the Sobriety Bootcamp Facebook group. So that's it from me. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next week. Ditching the drink is like climbing a mountain. It's hard, it takes courage and grit, and an experienced guide. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've climbed that mountain and we know the view from the top is amazing. We've used our experience to put together a unique membership program that will support you all the way. We've got challenges, chat rooms, sober buddies, trackers, and milestone awards, and that's just for starters. So head on over to tribesober.com and check out our membership program. It's the essential resource for anyone looking to ditch the drink and change their life.